you probably clicked on this video and you're like, no one's a perfectionist. You shouldn't be a perfectionist. That's just not healthy. <laughs> no, no one, one respectful. This is for people who want to be better. Do you know what I mean? This is for people who actually want to try for the first time in their lives. It's crazy. I know that. But people like that actually exist. People who want to be better actually exist. I'm one of them. Hi. Hello. My name is Fer. <laughs> I feel like this is a therapy session. Uh, but no, yeah. Perfectionism isn't the devil that it was always portrayed to be. You know? We always see perfectionism and we associate all of these like negative health attributes to it. Like it makes you anxious, it makes you depressed, it makes you low in self-confidence, it makes you just feel so bad about yourself. If used correctly, perfectionism can be the most beautiful thing. And yet we're so scared to try as a species because we're so scared that we're going to feel a little tired afterwards. <laughs> You can try a little bit and be a little tired afterwards. You don't need to go to therapy for that. I know it's crazy. It's the 21st century. If you so much as move a finger, you need to go to the hospital. Because you actually did some work. It's crazy. I know that. I know, but you don't actually have to go to the hospital. That's what I'm here to say. That was a lovely introduction. Uh, hello. <laughs> this is the Hippie Air Podcast. Um... Also known as uncomfortable truths. Today I'm going to make you very uncomfortable. I'm going to make you uncomfortable from the start. Um, my grandpa passed away. I'm still coping with it. It's uh, relatively new. I'm not used to grief. I don't... Grief is just something that I haven't been familiar with all that much. Uh, so, you know. Something that I'm still trying to just register in my brain it doesn't mean this is how i treated it you know at first it was a shock but it's such as life and so after i heard the news i felt like he was a character that could not be forgotten you know he was such a beautiful hard-working soul and i felt like as the father of how many uncles do I have? Bro, when you're Arab, you have like 6 billion uncles, like half of the population. I have about 8. I, for my dad's side, I think. No, wait. 7. 7 kids in total, I think. That's not important. As the father of 7 or 8 kids, because I'm not counting. Oh no, he had other wives. No, he has more kids than that. Allah, my man. He, he was crazy. He had a lot of kids. He had a lot of kids. Allah <laughs> And to have that many kids and what what was it? Like the 40s, 50s, 60s, you know? It's hard to get a job. The economy was okay. The economy, I guess, was fine. It was running. But he had to support that many kids at that time. I can't imagine what a hard worker he must have been. And he carried that energy all the way to his recent days, which was like three days ago. He recently, like just recently passed away. He passed away th three days ago, I believe. Today was his funeral. I literally, I just came back from it. I look so unaffected, but I swear I'm affected. It's just a deep work kind of thing, you know? The thing about this life, people are going to come, people are going to go. They're going to exit it at some point you know they enter it crying and they exit it hopefully peaceful 
and he had a good long life alhamdulillah he lived about 96 94 years about that range a good long life really alhamdulillah but there's something about him that i just cannot get over the way he was the way he lived life was not like anything i've seen before and he was a perfectionist but not in the way that you think of perfectionism today where we need therapy for it <laughs> everything he worked on he put his heart on it as if his heart was like his stamp like stamp of, of approval you know he put his heart in all of his work and it was so beautiful to watch always today is going to be unlike any other episode i think i've ever done because it's it's pure I'm talking pure life experience. I've seen this in the flesh, okay? <laughs> so is my attire. Um I changed prayer gowns just for this topic or no, actually it's just because it's like more comfortable. So. And I like the color pink now, which is pretty weird. Um I never was a pink girl, but I guess I'm starting to become a pink girl, you know, slowly but surely. So yeah, we're going to be talking about perfectionism. How perfectionism can be a good thing. how to use it and just your perception on it and how it can help you in life because it really is like the devil but it isn't you know the devil is more so the ego your your sense of um self the way you perceive yourself but perfectionism is not you it's merely something that you use as a tool to get through oh and by the way it's not september i don't know why this is here this low key embarrassing for me We entered today is October 3rd. Okay. <laughs> ah, some embarrassing for me. I procrastinated in taking down this calendar. What does that say about me? <laughs> Let's not answer that. There's this ayah in the Quran that I think sums up perfectly everything that I want to say. I could say this verse of the Quran and just leave and leave it at that. You know, because of how beautiful and complete and whole it is because it just encapsulates everything. that a muslim is and wants to be in just one simple such beautiful ayah it goes bismillah arrahman arrahim woman kana yarju liqa'a rabbihi falya'mal 'amalan saliha wa la yushrik bi 'ibadati rabbihi ahada and whoever yearns to see allah whoever desperately wants to see allah then he should do good deeds and not associate Allah with anyone else. Allah is saying, "You want to see me? Cool." Allah <laughs> not like that. But something along those lines. He's like, "You want to see me? Cool. Do do these two things. Good deeds and don't associate partners with me." Cool. That's it. Now, what does this have to do with perfectionism? Why did I pick this? Al-'amal as-salih. The good acts, the good deeds. the 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 deeds that are of good pure intent it's described in arabic as as-sahih wal-khalis liwajhillah i actually wanted to bring in this idea of ikhlas ikhlas is perfecting an act perfecting it doing the best that you can at a specific act for the sake of allah khalis liwajhillah meaning it's perfect for the sake of allah it's like you are almost 
giving Allah something, like you want to perfect it to its most perfect form so that you can present it to Allah and say, Allah, here, I did this for you. You want it to be the most perfect. You want it to be perfect. Okay, otherwise you're definitely not presenting that to Allah. Let's be real. Okay, and sahih. Sahih is correct. So correct and perfect for the sake of Allah. فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا So do a good act, an act or a deed that is correct and so perfect for the sake of Allah. We try to do that in everything. SubhanAllah, if you notice, Muslims, what makes us really disciplined, when you look at the Muslims like Khabib and Khabib Nurmagomedov, I'm so proud that I got his last name down because I low-key know Russian. So I just like to pronounce his last name just to flex. Nurmagomedov. Da. Yaznaya. Anyway, that's kind of pretty. If you look at the Sahaba, subhanAllah, radiyallahu anhumah, Umar, radiyallahu Abu Bakr, radiyallahu all of these beautiful, beautiful characters in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, you can see their discipline shine bright on their face. You can see it so plain and clear how disciplined they are. They don't let a second go to waste. Not a single second. And they made sure to perfect every deed for the sake of Allah. Every form of worship, every form of ibadah, they perfected it. It's like they wrapped it in the gift wrapping and put a, a little bow on top to present it to Allah and they did that with everything can you imagine a salah praying a siyam they fasted with pure intent you know they didn't sleep around like we do like when we're fasting we're just like you know we call it fasting that's not fasting guys fasting going to war Defending the Prophet ﷺ, all of these forms of ibadah, and they did it so beautifully and so perfectly. So this leads me to my next point, is that perfectionism is not for the people. Perfectionism can only be good, only ever can it be good, if it's for the sake of Allah. Otherwise, forget it. Forget perfectionism, forget the idea of perfect, forget the idea of doing a good deed and doing it selflessly. It's not going to be for anyone else besides Allah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَخْشُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ وَأَجْرٌ كَبِيرٌ Those who are, who are, are conscious of Allah, who fear Allah when they are alone, those have an immense reward. Those are the people who have immense reward. The people who do it in secret. When you perfect something in secret, that is the key to perfectionism, is to do it in absolute secret. When you're alone, when you are with yourself, if you're doing something like studying, let's say, for example, why do procrastinators procrastinate? Knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching them when they're studying they know that Allah is watching 24-7 so why would they procrastinate and this is coming from you know a standpoint that I want to investigate a little further deeper into this episode but think about that when you're alone because when people are watching you can start to like feel like oh I want to present my best work to them you know I want to make my work good so people around me can be like wow your work is so impressive. And you're like, yeah, this is my usual work. 
you spent all night on it don't lie <laughs> respectfully so when you do it for people's sake and for people's you know commentary that they're impressed by your work and yada 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 it's so unfulfilling it like passes from one ear and exits out the the other ear it's so unfulfilling and it only ever worsens your priorities because then when you start to get those comments like oh your work was so nice i, I love that presentation that you gave and you perfected it because you wanted them to be impressed now your priorities are taking a 180 degree turn now you're like oh i should perfect the next pr presentation so that they can be even more impressed you know they can be even more in awe of me and whatever i do because i want to be the best okay but the best for what the best for who you know, it's nice to be the best. It's good to have high ambitions, but you need to understand why. Always ask yourself, why? Why? Why do I want to be the best? To impress people? To be um, better than everyone? To be the, the, the known one in the room? Why? Muslims and every Muslim should say, لِوَجْهِ it's perfected for the sake of Allah. I want to be perfect for Allah. And we're not perfect. We're human beings. But we give everything all that we actually can. And that's something so rare nowadays. Or you'll find someone that's doing good work. Perfecting it to a T. But they're not perfecting it for the right reasons. You know, they're perfecting it because they want status. They want recognition. They want yada yada yada. But when you perfect it for Allah, that guarantees that you're going to perfect it every time because Allah never goes away. Allah is always there. You have the same of Ahman of Ahim to impress every single time. It doesn't matter what the people say. It really doesn't matter. You know, but when you do something, when you do a homework assignment, you do a homework assignment, but you perfect it to a T for the sake of Allah. Meaning that you put your hard work into it, your real honest work, and you make it neat, you organize it, you make it readable. All of these things, all of these things are a form of ibadah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that doing these simple, such simple things in your life, like perfecting something to a T, making sure that something is organized and easier for the recipient of your work to read or understand and perceive, that's a form of ibadah? Can you imagine? How merciful Allah is, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the entirety of the word perfectionism, being a perfectionist, is going to change when I tell you this. Human beings aren't perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect human being, a human being that has created something perfect. There's no such thing as perfection within the, the scope of human beings, the human being species. There's no such thing as perfectionism. So how can the philosophy of perfectionism, living this perfect life, be as such the idea of perfectionism that is beyond our standard? It doesn't. It doesn't because there's, I believe, there's two kinds of perfectionism. There's perfection from Allah 
and Allah is perfect and everything that Allah made is perfect the words that Allah sent down are perfect the earth that Allah created and all the stars in the heavens is perfect everything is perfect everything that Allah touched is perfect Allah is perfect and that's a perfection that we don't even look at when we talk about perfection because that perfection is reserved for Allah and only Allah because we we can only ever dream to understand a bit of what that perfection is, but we can't because we're human beings. So then, that leaves us with talking about a kind of perfectionism and perfection that is a lot more nuanced, first and foremost, and also in a much more anthropological sense and scope. Because we're human beings, as I said, there's not any amount of holy perfection that is you know, used with Allah that is used with us at the same time. That's almost a contradiction because we are the creation of Allah, so how can we create something as perfect? It doesn't make sense. And philosophers at the time of Aristotle, I believe, I read this somewhere, perfectionism, the philosophy of it, talks more about the good ethical ideals found and applied in the development of human nature and growth basically suggesting that as we grow and develop and learn and adapt and go through life we start reaching a little bit more of perfection every single day the humanistic kind of perfection every time i say perfection now it has to you have to associate it with the human kind of perfection not the godly perfection because those are two very i've said that a billion times but because i want to make that distinction very clear there's no such thing as human godly perfection that doesn't make sense now that i made that clear i drilled it into your head we can talk about perfectionism and how it can be achieved in the human scope because it's quite possible allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says bismillah rahman rahim qul huwa alladhi ansha'akum wa ja'ala lakum as-sam'a wal-absara wal-af'ida he is the one who originated you and made for you the ears and the eyes and the hearts. How little you pay gratitude. Allah gave you everything. Allah gave you your five senses, gave you your eyes and your nose and your mouth and your ears. And then he, on top of that, he says your hearts. So what do you think that leads to? Allah gave us every, he equipped us with everything. Everything we can possibly need. And on top of that, he gave us our brains to register those senses and to make sense of that and to create with that. Allah gave us everything that we need. And then we're here saying that perfectionism is harmful because <laughs> we're going to get tired. You are equipped with heavenly senses. You're equipped with senses that were made by Allah. And you're here doing some half Sorry, but half arse work, you know? You could be doing work that's much better than the work that you're doing, but because you're mm, tired, you're not feeling it, or gosh, it's just too much energy to put all of my brain to work to, to think about what the next line is, or how I should rephrase this, or how I want to picture this. You have your five senses. I'm sorry if you're blind, you have your four senses inclusivity imagine the things you can do with those senses there is literally no limit except our human limits but there is very little limit that we have with what we can do in our five senses 
we are extremely and eternally blessed that we have those and we do not use them enough. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. But subhanAllah, another reason as to why Allah talked about the heart when he said, جَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةِ First of all, it, it's, you know, a whole topic and conversation in and of itself of why Allah used the word أَفْئِدَةِ instead of قَلْب. We can, oh, bro, we can literally talk about that for hours on end. But I don't know why. And I'm probably going to look into it later. But it's, oh, subhanAllah, the Quran, wallah, it's a miracle. There's probably the, the most the most miraculistic answer that you can come up with for why Allah used afida. But he used afida because, subhanAllah, uh, when we talk about knowledge, when we talk about perceiving with our senses to gain knowledge and to become wiser, and all of these sorts of things, subhanAllah, it comes not through the brain. It comes through the heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah says, وَخَتَمَ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ وَعَلَىٰ سَمْعِهِمْ وَعَلَىٰ أَبْصَارِهِمْ غِشَاوَةً وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ Allah locked their hearts. Allah put a covering on their heart. وَسَمْعِهِمْ Their hearing and their sight. وَأَبْصَارِهِمْ غِشَاوَةً غِشَاوَةً is like a covering. So it's like Allah placed a covering over their hearts. And then their ears and their eyes. Our ears and our eyes perceive a lot more than our nose and our t- and our tongue. Uh, our mouth, t- our tongue, yeah. And and um, what else do we have? We have touch. Touch is also, but mostly our ears and our eyes perceive most. Like, I'm not gonna give a number. Like I'm a scientist. I always say that, but really, I'm not a scientist. I wouldn't know. But they perceive a lot of the information around us. And so, why did Allah put heart? Is because subhanAllah, let's take the religion of Islam, for example. It doesn't reach every heart. It doesn't reach every heart. Some people, when they hear about Islam, they laugh. They laugh. They're like, oh, these people believe a book that came from the sky. (laughs) They believe the sky daddies. (laughs) People like that everywhere exist. You know? But that's because Allah placed on their hearts a covering. وَعَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ And it's only when that veil is taken, is taken off by Allah. None of anything that we can do, none of anything that we try and do and say and convince, none of that has any 
sort of benefit to a person that has a veil on their heart. Because Allah placed that veil on their heart. That's not coming off unless Allah says that veil is coming off. You know, and so if you're trying to give knowledge like, like this is what the Quran says, you know, there's some wisdom from this and you can learn from this. Some people have a covering on their heart. But why do women have to cover up? But but that's a preface of, to the women. Why why do women have to do this? Why are women so oppressed in Islam? They don't care. They have a veil on their heart. You can say everything. You can say, you can give them every logical answer. It does not matter. But because Allah placed a ghishawa on their heart, Subhanallah. This is when we're talking about knowledge. The heart is so extremely involved, and and Subhanallah. It's like it's the wisdom from Allah that the heart is involved. You know because. It's not an empirical thing. Islam and and iman and belief in the truth, it's not empirical. It's a leap of faith. But this leap of faith, you could almost say, is the veil on your heart. Subhanallah. Let's go back to the idea of perfectionism within the human scope. I always have to, I have to, I always have to say that again because some of you guys, wallahi, your ADHD is ADHDing too hard. You guys go perfectionism. <laughs> Perfectionism within the human scope, guys. Okay, let's wind it back. Let's wind it back. It says, well, I said because I typed it up. It says that perfectionism can allude to the idea of using the given resources to their fullest potential, their fullest advantage, using your senses to the fullest in order to fulfill a task with resource, resourcefulness and meaning. So, for example, I'll give you one example. When I come up with these episodes, for it to be a good episode, an episode with meaning, and for it to be beneficial, I have to really sit and think. I have to be darn uncomfortable and sit and think and let my brain squeeze out and juice out some good ideas. But that only comes with sitting and pondering. It doesn't come with like, let me come up with a quick idea. Come on. You know? No, I sit. Sometimes... For hours on end. I'm not even joking you. I made this video a long time ago titled Learn to Be Bored. And ever since I've implemented it in my life where I sit and I'm bored, ideas start springing to me. You know, but that's because I'm not trying to stimulate my brain 24-7 like I need to come up with an idea fast. No. Perfectionism is when you give something its due attention and you use your five senses. You really sit and think and ponder and roam in your mind just for a while so that what you produce is something resourceful something of actual benefit something that can be used and is beneficial it's it takes time to reach an idea like that it's not like you know einstein was like i get it relativity no he spent some time on that he spent some time he was like time and, and space and um, I don't know what relativity is. Like when, when two cars are next to each other and one is seeing this from this angle and the other is seeing that from that angle. I don't know. I hate a math class. I don't know why I brought up that example. But, but the ideas that are worth listening to, ideas that are big, ideas that are powerful, they take time. It's an obvious thing to do. All of us, it's so obvious that we want to come up with brilliant ideas. No one is here saying, I want to come up with a mediocre idea. Let's do it. No, 
No one on this planet Earth actually felt that. They might have said it for a group project, but they never felt it. Let's be real. And so we underestimate what we can do in the moment to reach that brilliant idea. We underestimate ourselves like, no, I'm not smart enough to come up with a brilliant idea. Like, I'm just not made for that. I wasn't built for that. My brain can barely squeeze out two neurons that will form an actual proper connection. I get it. I've been there. I've done that. But really, if you sit and you let your brain work, I like to think of my brain as like, you know, the rotating gear, like a... I like to think of my brain like that. When I'm thinking, and uh, I'm thinking about thinking. I'm meta-thinking. Yeah. Metacognition. Is that what it's called? Anyway, that's not important. <laughs> I sidetracked. What I want you to do, really, is for, for, let's say, a week, dedicate every day, dedicate, like, five to ten minutes for some project that you have. You want to make an episode on YouTube, you want to make a video, you want to do anything, something creative, spend 10 minutes just thinking and leave a piece of paper in front of you and just think. Don't even look at the paper, close your eyes and think. And think, well, lie, your brain is going to produce some things that are out of the ordinary. If you let it, if you let it, don't underestimate it. Well, lie, the brain is capable of so much, but that it's so underestimated all the time because of our low self-confidence and the fact that we never thought ourselves enough to come up with an idea that big an idea bigger than ourselves to us that may seem scary but wallahi it's it can be so rewarding and then when you think and you come across information you know you're searching for this topic or you're reading a book about this subject whatever it may be Use those senses I talked about, okay? Lick the page if you have to. If you're reading a book and you think that the sense of your tongue is going to help you understand it better, go for it. Go for it. Just make sure that you're in a room alone with no other people with you. You know? But go for it if it helps you uh, connect with the information or something. And then I want you to ask yourself, when you take this information in, are you understanding this information to the fullest scope? Do you think you understood it deeply enough in order to implement it correctly? And then my next question is, are you using the information correctly? Where are you delegating this information? Where is it going off to exactly? And then my final question is, can you use the same information to solve a specific problem? Questions are the key to answers. You just have to ask the right questions. What can I solve with this answer that I found, with this information that I found? Because believe it or not, a person who is more in touch with their senses, more in touch with the way that their brain works and all of that, they can find an answer within a set of information for a specific problem that another ordinary everyday person couldn't even think of ever. Like they'd see the information and they're like, ah, da, 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 that. okay, next. You know, but the person who's in tune would be like, okay, we have this and we have that. So we can take this and we can put it with that. And then that will help in solving this problem. And in turn, when we solve this problem, we can solve this next problem. Wallahi, when you use a brain, some things happen that you never thought could happen. 
subhanallah the, the brain allah gave the human being a brain and a lot of us don't want to use it anymore and i get that because we're like tired but the brain can be such a beautiful thing when used to its fullest extent and when you do that guess what you yield some good work some maybe you know nearing perfect work you yielded some good work this goes back to the idea of good deeds you know you produce some work that you put your heart in you actually tried congratulations now you can actually go try it <laughs> that's the end of no I'm kidding oh my god no i have so much to talk about when you work with this mindset you're only ever sharpening your senses more and more with time you're only ever getting better at this game of using information uh, taking it in making sure that it's used properly solving problems just this cycle of finding and using and allocating and solving it's a cycle you know but you get better every single time and that is when you start to reach perfection oh that's it that's when you start to become better and better and better because perfection i wouldn't say it's this point in time and space like this is it perfection because like you know perfection is mostly a state of mind i would say when you're in deep flow when you're doing some work and you're in a deep state and you're using what you've got in your brain well i would call that perfection I would because your brain is doing everything that it can to produce some good work. And you know, perfection looks different from person to person. I think we all try and like put perfection in like one category. Like, guys, this is perfection. Everyone has to be it. Allah made people different from each other for a reason. Allah made people better at different things for a reason. The different talents, the different gifts. We're all different for a reason because we have different problems to solve. You know, and it's so beautiful when we work in harmony and it starts to come to light and we start to actually become better at what we do. It's a blessing from Allah that we're all different. It's such a blessing because we in turn complete each other. And it's almost as if it's like a perpetual cycle of us completing each other so that the cycle can go on for the next generation and the next generation. It's like there's no end if people are working in harmony. The point I wanted to make next, and this isn't going to hurt a lot of people. This is going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. There's going to be like uh, a little bit of a stab to the chest. Not even like, not even the foot, nothing. No, the chest, guys, I'm sorry. I, I have to take hits on you so that no one else takes hits on you like i did it first and i think i'm pretty nice about it so like i'm doing it nicely so you can realize better you're welcome <laughs> okay next i want to talk about procrastinators <laughs> you guys are in some deep trouble i'm sorry guys astaghfirullah okay what i wanted to propose here i want you to ponder this idea okay we know about the munafiqeen that translates into hypocrites now, wouldn't you argue that procrastinators and hypocrites are somewhat alike? I told you guys, I just, I gave you a trailer. I said, step to the chest. Were you prepared? Probably not. Procrastinators, 
share attributes and a lot of them with hypocrites. Now the hypocrites during the time of the Prophet وسلم, uh, there were people called the hypocrites and these people are not okay. <laughs> oh god, they're not going to be okay is what I'm trying to say. They're in they're described to be in asfal an-nar, asfal jahannam. They're in the deepest lowest place in jahannam in hell. Okay? <laughs> to put it lightly because I think that was light. Uh they're not in a good place. Munafiqeen. They're actually, I think you would say, the worst of the worst, really. I'm not saying the procrastinators are the worst of the worst. I am low-key sometimes. You know, sometimes tendencies come and go. Procrastination is a real thing. Uh, it doesn't mean you're lazy. That's not, it's, they're not synonymous at all. But the point I'm trying to make is that the hypocrites always remained on the fence. When they prayed behind the Prophet وسلم, they uh, they didn't pray well. You know, they prayed poorly, almost in a lazy fashion. Like it's obvious they don't want to be there, you know. But they were there because it's like they were in two parties. They thought they could get the best of both worlds, like Hannah Montana. Guess what? They're not Hannah Montana. They couldn't get the best of both worlds. They thought they could be with the Prophet وسلم, and like gain all the benefits of being with the Muslims because they uh, at some point conquered and were the more powerful group. So they were like, I'm just going to be with these guys because you know, I'll be like gaining all the benefits without any of the burden. And then I'll also be with these guys, the losers, because they're, you know, my family. Like, I'm not going to, like, stab them in the back. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to take information from the Muslims, act like I'm one of them, and then I'll give it to my family, to the people on my side, my actual side. That's why they're in deep trouble is because what they did was pretty dirty, okay? Pretty dirty work. So what I'm saying is that they were on the fence. Quite literally, they were on the fence. Al-Munafiqeen, they... What made them so burdensome was the fact that they made it worse for everybody. <laughs> no one liked them, bro. I'm so sorry. No, I'm actually not sorry. Why did I say sorry? Uh, I'm not sorry. They. <laughs> I'm talking about people that were here like 1400 years ago. Astaghfirullah. There are still some hypocrites today. Uh, but it's just not a pretty look for them. You know, they were very much on the fence. So are procrastinators. So are procrastinators. Procrastinators have work to do. Okay? They've got work to do. They've got a big project coming up that they have to submit. But they also like staying on their bed, watching Netflix, and scrolling on social media. And it's like, they're on the fence like, should I do this? Should I do that? You know, it's torn between these two things. Like, I'm on the fence. Should I do work now? Yeah, but I don't want to do work. Like, let's just leave it for later. Or let my future self handle the responsibility. Which, by the way, never works out well. In my opinion. In my experience. My humble experience. I'm not saying these two are the same. I'm saying that they share attributes. And I got this idea. By the way, this is not my idea. I got this idea from a book that I've been reading recently called Therapy from the Quran and a Hadith by Dr. Fariyad A. Hussain. Fariyad, I've never heard that name before. It's an interesting idea, I'll give you that. You know, and it's one to ponder, it's one to reflect on. Because when you're reading the Quran, 
uh, always put yourself as the character in question, the one in question. When the Quran talks about the hypocrites, suppose it's talking about you. Don't think, oh no, I'm safe, I'm Muslim. No, no, that's not the right mindset. When you're reading the Quran, and Allah talks about the hypocrites, He talks about the Jews, He talks about the people that hurt Rasulullah. You're not one of them, but pose yourself as though you were. Put yourself in that situation because then you are almost guaranteeing that you're not one of them. You know, and uh, I already like compared myself with them and I'm putting myself next to them and comparing, am I really like that? You know, you're actually questioning and investigating this idea. And if you're truthful and honest, you come to the conclusion that you are not like them, you know, and but you still keep asking that question, am I one of them? And you take caution, you take precaution and make sure that you don't become one of them by doing what they did. All of these things, all of these attributes, all of these characteristics that Allah literally describes. SubhanAllah, Allah, when He talks about people uh, that are, you know, not going to end up well. <laughs> For example, Al-Munafiqeen, Al-Mufsideen, the people who corrupt. So many groups of people that we can learn from, but Allah from his mercy gives us their characteristics the way they were you know what attributes they had so that we can make sure not to be one of them so we can look at our character deep within and investigate am i like that no okay good let's make sure that i don't become like that next you know and that's a good place to start and it's a good place to keep going really alhamdulillah and allah put these things in the quran for us and that's that <laughs> that's actually that guys i'm not like making it over uh, alhamdulillah i think i talked about this a great deal this was a little bit of a messy episode because i had so many ideas that i wanted to get across but i also wanted to film a little bit earlier um but Alhamdulillah for everything, always. I forgot that this episode goes back to my grandpa. He really was, he was a beautiful perfectionist, you know. And right next to our house, he bought the land right next to our house. And they are building a house in that land right next to us. Still are. I don't think the people that are constructing know that he died three days ago. Guys, sorry. Everyone deals with grief differently. Don't look at me like that. Uh, but yeah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. But more than anything, it just went to show me you can do everything in this life. You can build houses. You can make these projects. You can earn all of this money. At the end of the day, you're leaving. At the end of the day, you're not staying here forever. You're, you have a designated time. You have a designated exit. You're leaving one way or another, whether you like it or not. So, I think it was a mercy that Allah took him at the time that he took him. I mean, mashallah, he lived pretty long, you know, my grandpa. And there's always hikmah. Allah al-alim al-hakim. The all-knowing, the all-wise. There's so much wisdom in the time that he chose to take my grandpa. And I just pray for my grandpa. Allah yuhama. Allah yaghfirla. And... If you want to pray for him, I would really appreciate that. His name is Muhammad. Muhammad Ibrahim. That was his name. And that's that.
الحمد لله على كل حال have a great one guys and seriously be a perfectionist it's literally quite awesome when you try to get better and when you don't care what anyone else thinks it's really it's wonderful you should try it anyway <laughs> bye bye <laughs> everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com/balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at b i o p t i m i z e r s.com/balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.